Time to Travel with Karen Key. And a very good evening to you and welcome to this week's edition of Time to Travel. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting with Ian Manley, CEO and co-founder of VoiceMap, a new way of telling stories about places. Marilise Mouton, coordinator of the Wine on the River Festival, will be on the line and we'll be chatting about this annual festival taking place in Robertson from the 17th to the 19th of October. Deirdre Davids, communications manager at Cape Town International Airport, will be joining us and she'll be telling us about a novel concept at the airport called a flybrary, as well as about some of the other installations they've recently introduced. And then I'll be speaking with John van Royen, Toho Sun's operations director for the Western and Eastern Cape regions, about some of the exciting new developments they're busy with in the mother city. And then just like my Law Report and Health Matters programs, there's now a short list of available documents for you on for time to travel, and you can find them on Facebook. Just go to Travel on SAFM, and if you'd like any of them, post a message there. But please do remember to include your email address so I can send them to you. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with us and enjoy the show here on SAFM. Time to travel on SAFM. Well, before we start and get into the travelling side of things this evening, it's time to cross over to Mo Ali at the Peter Macabre Stadium in Polakwani for the latest in the 2015 AFCON qualifier between Bafana Bafana and Congo Brazzaville. Hello, Mo. What's happening there this evening? Thanks very much indeed, Karen. I can tell you it's uh, raining on the pitch. It's the rain's falling from the sky, but a drought on the score sheet because uh, at halftime, they've just started the second half. It's uh, Bafana Bafana nil, Congo nil. And uh, to be honest, uh, it's the Congolese who've looked the better side in uh, the uh, first half. Remember, this is a game if uh, Bafana do win, they will qualify for the uh, 2015 Africa Cup of Nations in Morocco with two games to play. And uh, that would be a very good situation for them to be in. But to do that, they really will have to up their game in the second half as uh, the Congolese had the better of the opportunities, the better of play as well. In fact, uh, the best chance of the first half going their way when uh, Marvin Baudry's head uh, in the uh, 36th minute was well saved by uh, the Bafana captain and goalkeeper Senzo Mayiwa diving to his left uh, to keep the ball from uh, crossing his line. So uh, the Congolese looking the better side and uh, looking to avenge their 2-0 defeat on their home ground on uh, Saturday when Bafana Bafana scored that uh, very good victory. I can tell you as well, in uh, the African Women's Championships in Namibia, it is a 1-1 at uh, halftime. Banyana Banyana taking a 1-0 lead through Octavia Nogwanya in the 19th minute, but Elizabeth Kujo equalizing for the uh, Black Queens of Ghana on the stroke of halftime. So one and a half Half minutes gone in the second half at the rainy Peter Mokaba Stadium. Not cold though, but uh, rainy and it's going to make the surface slippery in the second half. It's uh, Bafana Bafana nil, Congo nil. And we'll catch up with Mo Ali again a little bit later in the show. Well, I'm reading now from the voicemap.me website. Stories have always given meaning to the world around us. VoiceMap is a way of telling stories about places. It's a new medium, and while all the complicated technology that lives in your smartphone makes it possible, VoiceMap is also quite simple. It connects a voice to a location to create an experience that is uniquely immersive and intimate. And there's no better way of seeing the world than through another person's eyes. Well, Ian Manley is CEO and co-founder of VoiceMap, and he joins me in studio this evening. Ian, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Corin. Thanks for having me. So, VoiceMap, tell me about this wonderful new thing. In essence, as you said, it's quite simple. It's a way of hearing and telling stories. And uh, it's a new medium that attaches a voice to a location and puts that together into a route so that you can follow a person's voice through a neighborhood that they know well. Um, That all happens at our publishing platform, voicemap.me, but what we produce there goes out to the mobile apps. Um, We have an iPhone app and we have an Android app on the way. And using those, you can select routes by a variety of different storytellers um, and and take a walk with them. Now, these storytellers you keep t- mentioning, that's us. We can do this. Anybody can yes, do this. Yes, anybody can log on. And it doesn't cost us anything. Nothing at all. Okay. No. And so tell us how this works. Well, you go to voicemap.me, you create an account, and you choose the city or um, region that you would like to talk about. And then you st- build a map. And by building the map, you basically get an outline 
that allows you to work out some of the logistics. One of the tricky things about this as a medium is that you have to match how long you talk to how long people are walking. So if you're standing on a corner and you are walking to the next corner, if that's a one minute walk, you can't talk for 10 minutes. And so we've built a publishing tool that works most of that out for you at the very first part of it during the planning stage when you map this route out. And then you create a script based on that outline and record from that and publish. And, and recording, you can do that at home on via something or other on the website. How does that work? Yeah, we use a open source tool um, called Audacity. It's pretty simple to use. And we looked at an example when we started the company called LibriVox. LibriVox have set up a community and are trying to create audiobooks out of novels, plays, all sorts of things that are in the public domain. Uh, and the, the, the community has really thrived. I think they've recorded something like 7,000 books now. Um, and we thought that, that was a good indication that technology exists that allows people to do this to a fairly high standard on their own. So basically, if we decide, I'm trying to get a sense of this now. So just for example, I decide, I'm here in Seapoint at the studios, mm. and I decide to do something about something interesting in Seapoint. It's got to be something interesting. It can't just be, well, I'm walking down the road and looking at the sea. It's got to be, you've got to add some little bit of interest to it that's going to make people want to listen to this. So you come up with an idea, go onto the website, you plan out the route so that, as you said, I don't talk for 10 minutes when you're actually only walking for one. Yeah. You, you're going to help us do that with this tool on the website. Correct do this thing we then what record the script that we've written out or and then how do we just how do you decide what you're going to accept well we're trying to create a place that is is fairly forgiving in a marketplace um, so we have ratings and reviews so that the community can give indications to people about what is high quality content and what is not I don't want to be the the arbiter of taste I don't want to decide what is um, a valid perspective on a place. I don't think that that, that I'm in the, a position that allows me to do that. And what we're hoping is that by creating a community that can um, give feedback to storytellers and to other users, um, it becomes less and less important for us to, to, to be the gatekeepers. But at the moment, we do work very closely with our storytellers um, through every step of the process. Um, my background is as an editor, and so I, I help people to express themselves more clearly, but I'm not focused really on style in, in this case. I'm not focused on style or um, the content. I don't want to censor anybody. I'm just focused on the logistics, on making sure that nobody gets lost, on making sure that the story comes out in the best way possible and uses the medium in the best way possible. It's a very new medium. It's unfamiliar to people. You have to um, work with it for a little while before you you really get to grips with it. And so it helps to have somebody guiding you through the process. But the, the sort of the, the nice little cherry on top, though, is that your story that you've done and recorded and loaded up onto the website could potentially be bought and you could end up getting paid for it. Yeah. It's, it's not a given that you will be, but there's the potential for that. <coughs> well, we have people doing that already. Uh, mm. We have 14 walks in Cape Town and some of them are, are, are selling. Um, we're still very new. I mean, we've only had the technology for a few months and we only officially launched in Cape Town at the beginning of October. But we're seeing sales of routes um, and we have some... Um, some really good storytellers who have already um, used the platform. We have something just up the road in Muller Point by Justin Fox. Oh, we know Justin very well. He used to be with Getaway, and he writes fabulously. Yeah, and mm. he lives in Muller Point. Mm. Um, and, you know, he's a surfer and a sailor and um, a student of English literature. And this all comes across about a neighborhood that he knows so well. Um, and so, you know, he takes you to surfing spots and explains... Um, what it's like to surf there and you're looking at it while Justin is talking to you and telling you about this place. Um, he talks about some of the history, he talks about uh, Diaz rounding the Cape and when he was a fair bit younger Justin was involved in a recreation of that voyage where they built a 15th century caravel and sailed from Lisbon to Mossel Bay. So you kind of are looking mm -hmm. out at the water and and you get this really interesting connection of a personal story, of history, and and the location. 
and there's there's a magic to that. So you said you have stories from Cape Town initially. Where else are you targeting? Anywhere in South Africa? So could anybody anywhere decide to do this? Anywhere in the world. Um, we have people. I mean, we have people working on routes in Joburg and Durban already. Um, but we really we want stories from everywhere. Um, we have people in London, people in Washington, people in Buenos Aires, Beijing, Bangkok, uh, Singapore, and but. But South Africa is our home, and South Africa was a big part of the inspiration for voicemail. So this is a South African, in inverted commas, invention? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'm so proud. I love South African inventions. I think we're so brilliant here. Well done. Congratulations. I love <laughs> these you. things. So, And you also have a blog as well on, on the site. On the site we have a blog, yeah. Um, there's a lot of it at the moment is to communicate with the storytellers. Mm. So we take some of the um, the best examples of personal storytelling and um, and highlight those um, and we also organize group walks so that people can come together and experience um, the medium and 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 meet the storytellers and we use the blog as a way of engaging people in that it's a very easy website to find your way around i always think if i can find my way around something everybody can so it's it's really quite simple to go on there if you if people listening now think well gosh where I live or it doesn't have to be where you live it might have been somewhere that you've been to somewhere that you've visited that yeah, you exactly. have a lot of information about and would like to talk about that so it doesn't have to be restricted to the place you live although it could be but no it doesn't I mean we are looking for people who have a personal connection to mm. a place and th th I mean th a part of the inspiration for this was that you can't tell Cape Town or South Africa's story in a single voice and too often mm. people try to do that they try to force a narrative out of a single perspective. And and what I really love about VoiceMap and the possibility of having a huge community of storytellers is that we can allow people to see the same thing through different people's eyes. Um, and and, and that what is what really... I think I that's think what makes it so special, actually. As you, as you said, getting different perspectives of something that really has that many perspectives to it. You know, it's not just one, as you say, one person's idea of where they live. No, not at all. I mean, we in the company's garden in Cape Town, we already have um, completely different takes on exactly the same thing. Mm. You know, so peop there's a statue of Jan Smuts in the middle of the garden, and one person will look at that and see, um, the, you know, the, the the beginnings of apartheid or, or somebody who did very little to stop apartheid from being ushered in, and another people will look at that and see a statesman. And and so you get that uh, that that contested history, that is really a, a a part of South Africa's identity, and 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 being able to access those different perspectives is uh, is quite powerful. Now, storytelling is a very powerful thing, mm. you know, and you're just helping us now to tell the stories really of South Africa, which I think is amazing. Yeah, and in a person's voice, mm. and there's a there's a connection when you hear, can hear a person's voice. It's not reading it in a book or something. It's a dry sort of history. You're actually getting that personal input from the person themselves yeah you hear their feelings you mm. you connect with them in a way that you can't with text i love the idea i think it's absolutely amazing and as the best part is that anybody can do this so if you're listening out there and you think gosh i'd really like to do this you just go to voicemap.me that's me and all the information is on there and maybe we'll find you on there i've been on there there's some lovely stories on there already and maybe i'll find you up there next Sounds amazing. Ian, thank you so much for joining us this evening and for telling us about this wonderful South African invention. I get very proud. Thank you. My pleasure, Karen. Thanks. Ian Manley is CEO and co-founder of VoiceMap. And if you'd like to find out more, you can go to the website. As I said, it's voicemap.me. Or if you're looking for information on how you can tell your story, you can email storytellers at voicemap.me. Afternoon Talk has been running a series of spotlight interviews with parliamentary leaders from different political parties. Tomorrow, it's the turn of Zanele Kamagwaza Msibi, the leader of the National Freedom Party. Tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. as we get to know her better and hear her thoughts on the role of women leaders in the country. Time to travel on SAFM. Well, during the weekend of the 17th to the 19th of October, the banks of the Breda River will come alive once again with the annual and ever-popular Robertson's Wine on the River Festival. And to tell us more, I'm joined now by Marylise Mouton, coordinator of the festival. Marylise, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, good evening. So it's that time of the year again. Gosh, it seems like just the other day. Yes, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so I'm much looking forward to having a weekend coming um, alive um, day after tomorrow. And being there today, working um, 
and it was lovely sunshine day. We're hoping for great weather for the weekend. So yes, not to be missed. And what's happening? I mean, I, what I was reading some information, you can taste in excess of 300 wines yes, from yes, over yes. 40 wineries. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. There's about almost one and a half hectares covered with market tents. And then, um, obviously, we're going to have the wines sell um, at the premises at a little price and even less. So, yes, please bring your money and <coughs> spend a lot. But it's not just about the wine, Marilise. There's always the most amazing food and all sorts of other things. There's live jazz and there's blues. There's lots of music as well. It's music, food and wine. What more do you want? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And we're going to have Joe Martin there. Um, he's from Cape Town, a fantastic musician. He's been there before as well. And then we've got Dave Rawlings from Top Sound. He's going to be our DJ for the weekend. And then we have got a bottomless coffee on Sunday. And then we're also going to have a local winemaker. We call him our um, singing winemaker. He's Henry from Goetelwacht Farm. He's also a fantastic musician. He's going to be playing as well. So, yeah, that's looking forward to that. And then when I've been down there for the festival, what I've also enjoyed very much is the farmer's market, the arts and crafts, and also the cruise down the river. That is very special. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We've got the Uncle Ben boat that's going mm. to cruise um, up and down the Breda River. And all the income for that is going to go to hospice. Um, so we do our bit for, um, for them as well. So um, they're going to do, I think, all along, it's going to be about 30 boat cruises throughout the weekend for them. Now, this sounds like it's sort of a thing for the grown-ups, but you always do lots of special things for the children as well. Oh, yes, we do, we do. Um, I did, um, I bought a lot of balloons <laughs> <laughs> yesterday. There's a trampoline, there's going to be a jumping castle, there's a sand pit, there's horse riding for them. Um, and then uh, it's just um, a fantastic feeling of a picnic um, area. Instead of um, renting in benches, we've decided to go with the hay bales. Um, and the kids can just relax underneath the trees where there's lots of shades. And, um, yes, there's even picket fencing um, along the river that makes it safe for them to play. So please bring your kids along. And the entrance is free. Oh, under 18 is free? Yes. Oh, that sounds good. I can bring all the kids with you. Yes, what, what, yes, if yes. they're free, what are the rest of the tickets like, Marilise? Um, we start the Friday and we're ending on the set, uh, Sunday where the tickets um, varies from Friday at 125. Obviously, pensioners pay less. Um, Saturday, 160 rand. Sunday, 105. And a weekend ticket at 250 rand. If you can buy online, um, you can visit the website on wineonriver.com or you can buy your tickets at the festival at the gate. Okay, so you can either get them before. Are you limiting the number of tickets? No, definitely not. The nice thing about that, the reason why I'm sure you aren't limiting them is because it's not all in one place. You move around all over the place. So it doesn't matter how many people there are. You're not going to be jammed up in one place. Yes, yes. It's a long area. It's a rather um, longer area, not like a big, like a rock facade. It's just long and skinny, a piece of area covered with grass along the banks of the Blue River. And you can actually like jump into the water mm. from, the, from, the, from the grass. It sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so, Definitely. Um, you, we mentioned the 300 wines and the 40 wineries and lots all the food. Where is the food coming from? Are these restaurants in the area that are providing all of that? Yes, yes. You know what? Um, we've got five by five market tents, um, which will be um, um, hosting our local wineries. And then they pair with um, different restaurants from our region. So we also have Asian um, Asia food coming from, from Cape Town. There will be the local farmer's market with your pancakes. And there will be something like for the kids as well. So we will try and cater for everybody from old to young. Now, what about parking? Because that could become a bit of a, a traffic jam thing. Actually, we've got about two and a half hectares that we um, use for, for parking. Okay. It's just on the premises, just next to where we hold the festival. There will be more than enough parking. Um, and on the Saturday of the festival, there's going to be free shuttling from Montague to the festival size and pack, as well as from... Robertson and from Bonneville to the festival and back to the town. So you don't have to physically park at the location. You can park further out on this. Only Is this only on the Saturday? It's only on the Saturday. The best would be visit our website, wineonriver.com. Um, try and find where you can find the shuttle schedule. As I said, it's on the Saturday. Free shuttling from Robertson, Bonneville and Montague to the festival site and back. So that's rather nice because I was going to ask you, what about all the accommodation? How is, I'm sure you must be almost full in Robertson by now. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> I spoke to um, tourism office. There is still places available um, in Montague, but I need, think you have to hurry up. Um, you can also try to find the um, Montague um, tourism office number and maybe um, Bonneville tourism number as well. So there is a 
accommodation, but the not in Robertson. It's very limited. And not in Robertson itself, more than likely. In Robertson, I believe it's, all, it's fully booked. Okay, so as but Montague and all these other Bonneville, they're not that far away. No, it's actually nearby. You know what? Bonneville would be about 15, 20 kilometers. And Montague, as a crow with flow, is about, say, 30 kilometers. Um, but it's such a scenic drive. I was, about to say, it's, I was about to say, we've actually done that, stayed in Montague and come through to Robertson. And honestly, it's well worth staying slightly outside as well. It's not as if you're miles away. Um, it's pretty close. And the, the drive is fabulous. It's really nice, and you can explore a little bit further afield. Just, you know, yes. I really like it out there. Marilise, it sounds like you're going to have one really busy weekend, and I wish you much success. These things are always a huge success. Thank you so, so much. So enjoy, and thank you so much for joining us on the show this evening. Yes, thank you so much for everybody coming to the festival. Drive safely. We'll see you there. Great stuff. Thanks, Marilise. well. Good night. Bye-bye. Marilise Mouton is the coordinator of the Robertson Wine on the River Festival, happening over the weekend, this weekend, actually, the 17th to the 19th of October. For more information, you can take a look at the website, it's www.wineonriver.com wineonriver.com and as she said more than likely no accommodation available in Robertson itself at this stage but Bonnyvale and Montague not that far away and more than likely I imagine you would still be able if you hurried up still be able to get some accommodation there and those areas are fabulous I've stayed out in Montague it's beautiful so consider going out for the weekend enjoying yourself and this Wine on the River Festival is really well worth it so have a look at the website wineonriver.com Com. Time to travel on SAFM. Well, if you're going on a journey, let me tell you, you know, we always talk about it being more about the journey than the destination. Well, I'm telling you, I've got a destination for you today that you can actually just go to. It's Cape Town International Airport. I know this sounds like it's a place you go to to then go somewhere else. But honestly, there's so much going on there at the moment. You might as well just go and spend the day. And joining us on the line this evening is Deirdre Davids, and she's the communications manager at Cape Town International Airport. Deirdre, good evening. Welcome to the show. Hi, Karen. It's great to be a part of the show. Thanks well, so much. It sounds like we should all be going off to the airport for a day of exciting things to see and to do there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Please visit the airport. Not only do you get to watch planes land and depart, which really is a very special site, but we've brought some very, very interesting concepts into the airport space that you can go and visit. Well, so before we get to the main reason I wanted to talk to you, let's just talk about some of the things that are there now. I mean, you've actually, there's a reconstruction of uh, Mandela's cell on Robben Island there. Yes, um, it's all a part of our airport ambiance program, and that is really linked to our our service standards because, believe it or not, the ambiance of an environment has a direct correlation with our happy and comfortable people feeling the space. So we hadn't been doing very well from an ambiance perspective. This is what all of the surveys were saying to us. And so we have tried to create a sense of place and we've tried to bring people to life in the airport space. And we do have a saw of our late Tata Madiba, which um, is, is sort of a replication of his, of his cell at Robben Island. And we've also got a very beautiful storyboard telling us a little bit about his life in a section very close to where, to where Tata's cell is. You talk about a little storyboard. It's actually a 58-meter mural. I mean, it's yes. not small. It's big. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And it's really something special. Now, the other thing that I also found fascinating was a friend of mine actually went to the airport and came back and said, you have to go and see this stuff. There's also giant rocks and pictures of penguins. It's effectively Boulder's Beach. Yes, Cape Town is very well known for Boulder's Beach and especially the penguins. And what we've done is we've brought in two, we've had them made up, two massive boulders and there's this beautiful visual representation of the beach with the penguins. Passengers, especially, it's at the international end. So it has been very well received by our international passengers. People are often stopping to take pictures of it and it, it is really something special. Are these permanent exhibits or are they going to be changing on a regular basis or how is this going to work, Deirdre? They're probably semi-permanent. We have some works lined up for that area in the next number of years. Um, airports typically are always under construction because there's always something to be built. Um, they probably would have something like a two, two or so year lifespan. I think we would need to renew because 
you know, things would obviously, one would become too used to them and then we'd want to uplift the space. But it's been quite an investment. And for now, visitors to the Western Cape and even residents of the Western Cape are loving the spaces. But it's a wonderful time to have done this because Cape Town is currently world design capital and this sort of fits right into that as well. Yes, the timing has been really, really good. It's also a very busy time of year. So we'll begin to see a lot of those international passengers come through come through the airport precinct. Um, we've also got some of our beautiful, colorful workup houses in this space. So we've oh, brought wow, really? workup into the airport. And it is, it is just a visual spectacular. You're going to have a traffic jam at the International Arrivals Hall, Deirdre. <laughs> you do know that. <laughs> People are not going to be getting we'll, out of there, Nairi. <laughs> we'll be okay with that. Oh, you're fine with that, having a traffic jam at the International Arrivals. People are waiting for their family to arrive and they're just not coming through the gate. Oh, you know, where yeah, is no, it? Is it really be, be, after they get through the gate or where, where is it? it? It's actually after the gate. Oh, okay. Um, so. It's after the gate, so both the passenger and the meet and greeter will have the privilege oh. of seeing it. Okay, so they can all do that. Yes. But now, this is my favorite part because I'm an absolute book fanatic. Ah. You've started this thing at Cape Town International called a flybrary. Yes. Not a library, a flybrary. <laughs> it is the most amazing thing. Tell me all about this. I just love this. Well, the name is, for obvious reasons, very apt because people are flying in and out of the space. And it works like your typical library system, except that there is there's nobody sort of signing books in and out. Nobody's watching you. You're welcome to come to the airport, take a read, take the book with you if you if you'd like. But the request is to make sure that you, when next you come back, you deposit another book. So essentially it works on an honesty system, and it's all about swapping books. And you know if you take, if you take long-haul flights, you typically would have a book with you, um, something, something to read. And the idea is when you step off that flight, why not drop that book off at the library? And if you see anything that interests you, feel free to grab that and swap over the two. Well, it might be nice you fly into Cape Town on a long-haul flight or wherever, drop your book off there, pick up another one, and then go off and have your holiday in Cape Town. Finish your holiday. You've read the new book that you got. Go and drop that off and get another one for the flight home. So, I mean, it's it's a fabulous sort of exchange sort of thing, you know. Precisely that, Karen. That is Mm. precisely the idea. That's a wonderful thing. But now, where did all the books come from in the beginning to start this? Some books were donated. Some books we got from a charity and some books some staff provided. So there's a good few thousand books that were um, sort of popped into this library on the, on, from the onset. And we can see that there's been quite a bit of movement. In fact, it's gotten a really, really positive response. The idea has, has taken off in a much bigger way than we could have anticipated. And, and it really looks like books are being swapped out. Now, what kind of books are we talking about, the sort of paperback thriller types or is it a range of them what have we got there There is a wide range so we've got books for for our romance lovers there's something for horror lovers the other day someone said to me but there are no comic books you need to get some comic books oh yes for the kids yeah. so now we are trying to get some comic books but it is it goes from your your biographies all the way down all the way through to your to your romance novels there is a wide wide range of books. what about magazines we don't have magazines at the moment but um, I think the comic books and the magazines are the two things that we really need to look into. This is fantastic. And where about is this situated in the airport now? So the library and most of the, the things, the artworks we've spoken about now, the installations we've spoken about, are at the international arrivals end. So it's all the way through the international arriving link. We call it the link. It's a passageway. And then in the meters and greeters hall at the international arrivals. So it's all open to the general public. As I said, this has now become a destination all of its own. Even if you're not meeting somebody, go and spend some time at the airport. It sounds like a fabulous thing. You can go and have lunch there. You can yes. look at the installations. You can take some books to the library. Yes. I mean, there's a lot you can do there. I remember years ago when coming to the airport was just that. You went to the airport as a destination. It was a treat. Mm. You went and had Sunday lunch and you watched the plane depart (laughs) depart and take off. And and we're really starting to go back to the days of old. Deirdre, we're giving Um, away our age here. (laughs) (laughs) And we remember that. Yeah, but it really is something special. It sounds fabulous. Now, this flyery, this is a unique in South Africa. It's the only one here. That's right, yes. 
Earth. I think it's amazing. And I mean, how's the response been to the installations? I mean, all of this now, I must actually, you must be so thrilled because I'm hoping that people are really delighted yeah. by all of this. People, it, the response has been so positive. Um, we can sort of see how people are connecting with the installations. So they're stopping, they're taking pictures, even staff are doing it. Um, it really is something special. And, and, and the library especially, it has taken off in a much bigger way than we could have anticipated. It has really, really received an overwhelmingly positive response. Now, with all this going on, I mean, I have to ask you, what's next? I mean, it just seems like there's something every day of the week. You've got some new idea here. Well, we're not entirely done with that area. Okay. There is something coming sort of towards the latter part of the year and early in the new year. And then we would have sort of concluded that environment. And then we want to begin to look at our plaza space. We've got a beautiful plaza at the front of the terminal. And especially in summer, we think it's a very special space. And we'd like to come up with ways and means in which we can do some really, really creative activations there. Well, if you've got nothing else to do, you know, you're looking for somewhere to go over the holidays. Trust me, it sounds like you should plan a day at Cape Town International Airport. It sounds like it's more, it's, it's now become the, the destination. I mean, you know, it's not just somewhere you're going to on your way to somewhere else. This seems to be the place just to go and have a look. It sounds amazing. Deirdre, oh. what a fabulous thing you guys are doing at the airport. I think it's really, really great. And it's, it's about time we sort of got people interested in what's happening out there. Because as yes. I said, you know, it's normally just the place where you go to take somebody to go somewhere else. Now yes. we, that can be the place to go. Absolutely. So thank you so much Absolutely. for sharing that with us. And I look very Thanks forward much. to chatting with you again when you're doing some more stuff down at the airport. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Karen. Thanks thank for you your very time. Much. I was chatting there with Deirdre Davids, and she's a communications manager for Cape Town International Airport. Time to travel with Karen Key. I'm chatting this evening with John van Royen. He's the Silgo Suns Operations Director for the Western and Eastern Cape regions. He's also a member of the Silgo Sun Executive Management Team, as well as being a director of Cape Town Tourism. John, good evening. Welcome to the show. Gosh, you certainly do wear a number of hats. Yes, I do. I do. I do. And very excited about that as well. Um, I was asked to buy Tsoko Sun to come and head up the Western and Eastern Cape that you were referring to earlier on. And this November, I would have been here two years. And my prime objective was to basically raise the profile of Toho Sun in the Western and Eastern Cape. So where did you come from before? Because you've been with the group for about 30 years now, haven't you? I have been for 30 years. I started here um, on the 6th of August in 1984 at the lovely Deval Hotel right here in Cape Town. Gosh, I remember that. Yes. And three years later, I was transferred to Durban, then Johannesburg, then Durban, then Joburg. And now finally, I've got the opportunity of living here in the wonderful Cape Town and spending my next three, four years here before I retire. So obviously tourism and hospitality is obviously something that you're passionate about. You've been in it long enough and it's something that you, you seem to be growing every year. You're doing more and more and achieving a whole lot more even after all this time. That's absolutely right. And, you know, one of the main objectives of me coming down here to Cape Town and heading up the Soho uh, division is to basically get really involved with all the major role players. That, to me, was prime. And I must say, we're involved in just about every single event that takes place um, in Cape Town. Recently, we had the relaunch of the the Pick and Pay Argus Cycle Tour, now called the Cape Town Cycle Tour, and we are the accommodation sponsors there. And then in several other ones, like the uh, Old Mutual Two Oceans, the World Design Capital, the Sunlum Cape Town Marathon that happened in Cape Town recently, and also the Cape Town Carnival. So we made a call, we made a decision that we want to partner and be the accommodation partner of all these major events, and also to have an attitude of not I and me, but us and we, and work together with all the stakeholders in Cape Town to make it an even better destination, um, Karen, than than it already is. So quite exciting, I must say. Now, I mentioned that you are also a director of Cape Town Tourism, and that puts you in a very unique position because also, I mean, you talk about, I've I've read some information about you that says that you are instrumental in positioning Cape Town as a world-class business and leisure travel destination. I mean, Cape Town likes to think it's there already, but you you can't rest on your laurels for too long because somebody's going to take over from you. And also, you know, that that reputation doesn't last unless you work at it. And I'm assuming that's what you're doing is really working at this. 
Absolutely. We are so sensitive of not the delivery. You know, people can get very blasé about Cape Town and about what it has to offer. But, you know, we get a very large component of international business coming to Cape Town, especially now, you know, from October onwards till March, April, April, March uh, next year. We, we, we really get a huge amount of international business coming to Cape Town and uh, also conferences and uh, events like that. And the beauty of uh, Cape Town hosting those conferences and events is the pre and post. When people come for an actual conference or an actual event, they will then stay a few days before or a few days afterwards. And that is what it's all about. The Argus, well, the Cape Town Cycle Marathon recently announced that they were going to make 5,000 international riders offer them 5,000 tickets for the cycle race. And that's when things really come together where the international component will then stay a few days before, have the cycle race and a few days afterwards. But serving on the board of Cape Town uh, tourism is exciting. We've got a great CEO in Enver, Germany, a great board of tourism-related uh, body leaders. And I must say, we, we do exceptionally well in, in, in exactly making sure we focus on, on, on those very uh, objectives of making Cape Town an even better destination. Now, I have Enver Dumini on the show quite often, and the one thing I always love about talking to him is that absolute passion. You know, you can hear it when he talks. He's so passionate about what he does. And I'm assuming it's the same with you. I mean, you wouldn't be in a business like this if you weren't passionate, because it can't be the easiest job in the world. You know, the customer is always right and you know you have to make sure everybody's happy all the time so you know it's not one of those things that's an easy walk in the park job so you really have to have the passion for it yeah another exciting event you you're you're 100 right you know if you work with people you know it's 15 16 hours a day sometimes Mm. and your day often only starts in late afternoon early evening often to try and catch up on emails and then you have an event that you have to attend as well what I do find in Cape Town that it's extremely exciting is the level of competence of people down here. Whoever you make contact with, um, it's an incredible level of enthusiasm, dedication. I mean, on Friday, it was uh, Sabine Lehman, who is the MD of Cableway. It was their 85th uh, birthday party on Friday. And we at the Cape Sun, Sun, we quickly rattled up some some food and some French champagne, took it across there and surprised them with a nice lunch for all the staff. That's the type of thing that we do down here. But also, apart from Cape Town tourism, I'm also on the Cape Town Partnership, and a very exciting event has happened there now where we're trying to do the Cape Walk, which is going to be an area from the company gardens coming down St. George's Mall, right here past the Cape Sun, across Strand Street, up the Fan Walk, and that's going to be a Wi-Fi uh, free zone. We are going to entice people, because often Cape Town dies after 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and already now we've been very successful in the first Thursday of each month to have all the open art shops and restaurants and pubs and coffee shops and that, and that already is attracting a huge amount of of people, but with this walk, we are going to get the operators to open late at night to provide the facilities to spill over in front of their shops and all that. So that's a very exciting project. I'm seeing Bulelwe from Cape Town Partnership to put that deal together. So it's very exciting. Now, talking about exciting, there's a lot of developments and things happening at the hotels here in Cape Town, your Soho Sun hotels. Tell me a little bit about what's going on, because it's not just one. I mean, there's a number of them doing major either refurbishments or renovations or additions. Tell me what's going on. Very exciting as well. You know, we in Soho have a philosophy of that we have to maintain our products at optimum level in terms of serving our customers. So it's the physical product that is so important, and of course the staff as well. You know, you can have a great building and the staff service and level not being there, then you're not going to achieve your objective of total delivery. But the uh, product needs to be upgraded, and very recently we added some more executive 
suites to our, our great Cullinan Hotel. And right next door to the Cullinan, we've got our Southern Sun waterfront property. And there we've just spent $100 million on the hotel to refurbish it. So very exciting. That should be completed by uh, middle December this year. And we've done the project over two years. And, and it's, it's exciting. Um, after also 34 years, the Cape Sun, which had the uh, Sun Gallery below the hotel, and that was closed since uh, 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 we hosted the World Cup in 2010. And we are now building a car park underneath the hotel for approximately 120 cars because parking has become an absolute priority here in Cape Town. And uh, we will have parking bays by January, February next year below the hotel. And then, of course, the Cape Sun is also earmarked to bring us back to its former glory days with also a huge capital injection, which we'll probably do over the next year to 18 months as well. So there's quite a lot happening coming. Obviously, the, you, you, if you're doing this much refurbishment and rebranding and, and you know, all these kinds of things, you're obviously seeing the market growing here in Cape Town. We're very excited about Cape Town. We, you know, all our segments that we, we cater for, whether it's business, whether it's uh, leisure, whether it's group and convention from the CTICC, international business, um, you know, we're very positive about Cape Town. As you know, we are increasing the size of the CTICC. We're doubling the exhibition space. And that in itself is going to result in more international conferences looking at Cape Town as a destination. And I'm sure that we will have the attraction as well by by now competing with that size of venue to cater for their requirements. A couple of other things that don't actually relate to the hotels that are buildings themselves, but I'd like to talk about Tsukhasan's philosophy of sustainability because you structure your support to the communities in which you actually operate, which I think is rather good. Very much so. We are involved all the time, you know, whether it's our casino, whether it's our hotels, we really, really, really get involved in the community and, um, and our social responsibility. You know, that in itself will be at least a, a 20 minutes to half an hour discussion, but we have a very capable person in Candy Totiel, and it might be worthwhile for you to consider to have a chat to her at some stage, because she will take you through um, the numbers and what we achieve on an annual basis which you will probably find extremely exciting and what is rather what was rather exciting was that you Toko Sun was the highest bidder of rare South African wines at this year's Niederberg auction it's, I mean it's, it's the first time ever I think that a hotel group has actually been the top buyer it's not a normal situation yeah I've got a real real Karen up-to-date um, news on that as well because the Niederberg wine auction as you know was uh, about two or three weeks mm. ago and uh, we, we, we were the highest buyer, but uh, another auction happened on this Saturday at Speer, which was the Cape Winemakers Guild auction for 2014. And uh, again, we made a decision that we wanted to, to buy some good, good quality wine, and we ended up being... Uh, Again, the highest uh, bidder of good quality wine for the, our hotel group, and we spent 2.4 million on Saturday, which again made us the highest one. And uh, we bought 3,036 uh, bottles. We have got 26 different wines. We bought 840 white wine and 2,200 bottles of high, high quality red wine. So. Again, our commitment to be really serious about food and beverage has been confirmed once again. But we take this wine and we only add 150 rand to this wine. So it will be available in all our Tsohosan properties. Whatever we paid for the wine, we're only going to add 150 rand to that wine, whatever price we paid, and it will be available to the market that visit our properties and our casinos. So this obviously makes me think that food and wine is a major focus at your Cape Town hotels or at all your hotels, I would imagine. Very much so. You know, many years ago, we used to outsource the uh, food and beverage to some of the uh, operators, and we're slowly but surely taking that back now for consistency and for maintaining a delivery that we are comfortable with in our three, four, and five-star hotels. And this is a question I always ask hoteliers or GMs or CEOs or anyone in management in hotels about the potential for young people thinking about hospitality as a career. 
I can tell you, once the tourism bug has bitten you, it is extremely difficult to get out of your system. <laughs> you know, it's a business that really matures you very, very quickly. Because you're dealing with people all the time, it's something that I can recommend. I often say to people, if I had a choice um, to change my career and do it all over again, I would do exactly the same thing. It's a wonderful industry. It is so motivational when you really check in guests or when you have a person now having a great meal and good glass of wine and giving you the compliments. Like you said earlier on, you know, it's not uh, diffi- it's, it's, it's difficult because you cannot please certain people in the business, but we strive for perfection and we, we, we certainly get close to that. So are we looking at another 30 years in the business, John? Well, I was 10 years with my previous company, 30 years with Soho Sun. If I could work another 30 years, I would be very, very happy to do so. In the same industry, I take it, not going anywhere. Absolutely, absolutely. So there's a lot of new, exciting things on the horizon for Soho Sun with all these developments and refurbishments and things coming for the hotels here in Cape Town. Uh, Rather exciting. And we can obviously, as you're saying, look look at an influx of, of tourism and business tourists and leisure tourists coming to the city, especially with the extension of the CTICC coming up quite soon. Absolutely. No, no, we are, we are ready. We are geared. We are, we're having some, uh, some, some great weather at the moment. And Cape Town is a place to be. What we're also finding is a big increase on the leisure side over December, which is very interesting and very positive, where families are now coming to Cape Town. They fly down, they rent a car. And of course, there's just so many attractions. You know, you know the wine farms, Table Mountain, Cape Point, the V&A waterfront, the beautiful restaurants we have here is amazing. You know, if you don't have a good day in Cape Town, it is certainly your own fault. Well, I love the slogan on one of the, on those, those topless buses, you know, the Red City buses. Yes. I love the slogan on the back. It always says, you don't need a holiday, you need Cape Town. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Absolutely. so true. <laughs> we would like to welcome as many visitors, wherever you are from, to come and join us here and book into a Toho Sun Hotel, and we will certainly look after you. Well, John, it's been delightful chatting with you, and I look forward to doing it again soon when there's some more exciting news to talk about from Toho Sun. Thank you Wonderful. for your time. Thank you very much. I was chatting there with John Van Roy, and he's Toho Sun's Operations Director for the Western and Eastern Cape regions. If you'd like to find out more about their properties, you can take a look at the website. It's tsohosun.com, and that's T-S-O-G-O-S-U-N, Soho Sun. Dot com. And it's time once again now to cross to Mo Ali at the Peter Macaba Stadium in Polokwane for the latest in the 2015 AFCON qualifier between Bafana Bafana and Congo Brazzaville. Now we left them at 0-0. Um, Mo, any movement? No movement, unfortunately, on the uh, score sheet, uh, Karen. There were goals on either side, but they were correctly disallowed by uh, the alignment for offside. And uh, to be honest, it's uh, been the Congo who have been the better of uh, the two sides and probably will be the happier of uh, the two sides as well, going home uh, with a point which will see them still uh, very much in the running for a top-two finish and a place at the uh, Africa Cup of Nations in uh, Morocco in uh, January. We have had uh, one and a half minutes of uh, stoppage time that have elapsed already. Four minutes have been added by uh, the Senegalese referee as it's the Congo now who come forward but a good challenge by uh, Dean Furman on the halfway line. It was uh, Ferabori Dore who uh, scored from an offside position in the 61st minute and then Mandla Masango getting a return pass uh, from Opa Manisa and smashing the ball into the roof of the net but unfortunately Manisa receiving the ball in an offside position so uh, the goal didn't count and uh, the Congolese are really looking a much better side than what they were on uh, Saturday on home territory when they suffered that 2-0 defeat at the hands of uh, Bafana Bafana but Bafana Bafana their fourth game now in uh, this qualifying campaign yet to concede a goal but uh, unfortunately in their two home games as well they've yet to score having uh, drawn 0-0 against Nigeria in uh, Cape Town last month as well and uh, their next game in fact is away to Nigeria which will be a very tough game particularly since Nigeria got their campaign back on track with a uh, 3-1 win over Sudan this afternoon what this means if uh, indeed it does finish uh, goalless we've just got over a minute uh, to go will means that uh, South Africa still topped the group on 
eight points, followed by Congo on seven, Nigeria on four, with uh, two games to play, and Sudan in the last position on three. But uh, all four teams in the group still have an opportunity and have a chance, a mathematical chance, of uh, clinching a top two spot. So with uh, just uh, under a minute uh, to go at a very rainy and soggy Peter Mokaba Stadium, it's uh, Bafana Bafana nil, Congo nil. Go. Any news on the Banyana Banyana game? Well, the last I heard, uh, Karen, it was uh, still 1-1 between Banyana Banyana and uh, the Black Queens of uh, Ghana. And uh, what that means is that uh, both teams are still in the running. Uh, They will have to win their last games. Banyana Banyana having the slightly easier game against Algeria, who uh, did upset the Black Queens of Ghana in their opening game. But uh, Ghana will play Cameroon in their last game on uh, Saturday as well. And uh, Cameroon, the group leaders, with uh, two wins in their two games. So it will be a tougher game for the Ghanaians. But uh, when last we heard it was still 1-1 and that game should have finished by now. In fact, uh, I've just seen that uh, four minutes of stoppage time have been added in uh, that game. And uh, it is still Banyana. In fact, uh, I've just got a final score in in that game. It uh, finished Banyana Banyana 1, Ghana 1, which means uh, both have uh, one single point. uh, The group uh, is led by uh, Cameroon on six points, Algeria on three with uh, one game to play so both sides still in the running in fact all three Ghana Algeria and uh, Banyana Banyana in the running and the final whistle has just gone at uh, the Peter Mokaba Stadium it's uh, finished goalless so uh, Bafana Bafana retain their unbeaten record and uh, Congo will be very very pleased indeed with uh, going home with a point they uh, how they travel to Sudan in their next game and uh, South Africa travel to Nigeria in their next game so it means that South Africa top is still top of the log on uh, eight points but uh, it will certainly give a lot of hope uh, to Nigeria now to make up some ground so the Final score then at the Peter Mukaba Stadium in this uh, 2015 Africa Cup of Nations qualifier. It's uh, finished uh, Bafana Bafana nil, Congo nil. Well, that's thanks to Mo Ali. While you're listening to this, someone is targeting your customers. World-renowned sales expert Jeff Toole assisted Shell Global Solutions to increase contract size by 800% and tripled sales revenues. Imagine what this could do for your company. Attend the 5th Annual Think Sales Sales Leadership Convention, 22-23 October. See Jeff live in SA, plus Blue Ocean Strategy Specialist Gavin Fraser, Nick Mallett, and 16 local sales experts. Seats are limited. Book at thinksales.co.za. Yilungilalakwa is a heart-heating program dealing with consumer rights. We get the most informed experts to answer the most difficult questions. From fraud and corruption to protecting the rights of children. From purchasing faulty equipment to finalizing estates. We give you all the information you need to empower yourself. I am Alicia Jali. And I am Sipiwon Zaundi. Tune into Yelungelulako Fridays between 1.30 and 2.30 in the afternoon only on SABC1. Triennale Design Museum, in collaboration with the Italian Trade Agency, presents the New Italian Design Exhibition. World Design Capital of Cape Town welcomes this internationally acclaimed exhibition. Visit us at The Lookout, VNA Waterfront, from the 5th to 25th October daily, from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Admission is free. The new Italian design exhibition. Ah, bellissimo. Time to travel on SAFM. And that's it for Time to Travel for this week. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me this evening. And just a reminder, if you need any information about something you've heard on the show this evening, you can find it on Facebook. Just go to Travel on SAFM or email me on travel at safm.co.za. And I'll be back with you next Monday evening with the Law Report when I'll be joined in studio by criminal law attorney William Booth. So join me then.